But I was in a situation where I was trying to still tippy-toe between leadership and being one of the homies. And again, that was another lesson that I had to learn about, okay, when you are in this situation and you're in a leadership role and you decide to be the face of leadership, you have to conduct yourself in a totally different way. You can't walk the same line as everybody else. It's not a wide road. It's really narrow. You have to really go about it knowing that the expectation of you is going to be different. So yes, there are going to be some friendships you might have have to walk away from. Join me this Thursday as I join my squad, my team, Act Leadership and Management Consulting as we take all of your business-related, leadership development-related, or even team member-related questions live this Thursday at 7 Eastern. Maybe you have an issue that you're trying to resolve. Maybe you're stuck somewhere. Maybe you just need some tools and strategies to get your business going. So join us this Thursday at 7 Eastern. The information is in my show notes. And I can't wait to see you there. And don't forget, make sure you check out my YouTube series as well as go to my website because there are a ton of resources out there that can really help you take that leadership, management, and business to a whole nother level. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode. And I'm so excited today because today I celebrate my 17 years in the United States Air Force. Yes, 17 whole years. So what I want to do today is bring you some leadership lessons that I learned in every single rank that I attained. I'm super excited to see what the future holds. And the Air Force has been so instrumental in the person I am today. So I want to bring you some lessons I learned, some stories, why I joined, and how these five strategies and five lessons are things that you can apply in how you do leadership and how you can really start to evolve as a leader for the future. So get your notepads and let's get into this message. So yes, y'all, 17 years, 17 whole years. And that might seem like, I mean, a long time. It seemed like it's flown by, but a lot of people ask me, why did you join? Why did you join the Air Force? And it's nothing profound, trust me. I solely joined for the education benefits. That was it. I was blessed to have a father who was a banker, so he was big on financial literacy. He always made sure that me and my brother and sisters always knew about ensuring that our money was right and making sure that we mapped out our life right because, again, as immigrant parents, they saw that... America had a lot of opportunities, but they also wanted their children to navigate their lives a certain way so we wouldn't struggle, we wouldn't have to worry about debt and bills and so on. So when I entered college, I wasn't making enough money to pay for my classes. And, you know, I I paid for a few classes and I was like, you know, being a young, you know, teenager, fresh out of high school, I'm like, I'm not trying to be spending all this money. I want to use this money for other things. So when I started to really think about it, I was like, you know what, if I have to get student loans, it is what it is. So I got student loans. But again, once I had the understanding of interest rates and understanding of credit and how long it would take for people to pay off debt, I was like, this isn't what I wanted to do. So a friend of mine at the time, her name was Janelle Children. Shout out Janelle, wherever she is today. She was like, hey, listen, um, me and her were both, you know, we were really close and we were pursuing our, you know, college careers and our education. 
So she approached me and was like, listen, let's check out the the Coast Guard was the first one, the Coast Guard. Let's check out the Coast Guard. We have an opportunity to serve and they'll pay for your school and we get paid full time. So I was like, sure. But as soon as I heard about I, I just wasn't a, fi- a fan of the water and getting my hair wet and swimming. And I know, again, that sounds crazy, but I just wasn't a fan of the water. And I knew that was a part of the training. I was like, Mm-mm. yes, crazy reason, dumb reason. But that pushed me away from the Coast Guard. But clearly it wasn't meant for me. So then, of course, I ended up um, going into the Air Force. I mean, of course, I knew about the Army and the Marines, but... Your girl wasn't trying to get deployed like that. But I love you guys. I love my brother and sisters in in arms. But I was like, ah, I don't want to do that either. So I ended up going the Air Force route. And the funny thing is, my first experience with leadership was within a couple weeks of when I joined the Air Force. I literally was placed in a leadership position within a couple weeks at basic training. So of course, when you first sign up, what happens first? You typically go, you meet with a recruiter, you take um, you take a test to pretty much identify if A, you meet the requirements to join that branch of military. All the different military branches have their own stipulations of what kind of test scores you need. Then it'll also let you know what kind of school options you have. Okay, these are the type of technical fields you can go into. I was a non-citizen at the time. I was still working on my citizenship. So because of that, I only had two options to choose from. So I just chose the one to me that sounded more technical. I was like, one of them was like, sounds super easy. But that's how I was. I always thought. I've always like looked at things as a challenge. So I was like, which one is going to challenge me the most? So I chose that job and that's where I ended up going. But I essentially had to go. um, So although I enlisted 30 September, I ended up shipping out and going to basic training 11 November, not that shy for my birthday. So yes, I served in basic training during my birthday, as well as Thanksgiving, as well as, you know, New Year's and Christmas. But it was cool. It was fine. I mean, I didn't let my MTIs know that it was my birthday. I definitely didn't because they would have definitely had fun with that. But yes, I turned, um, what, 2003? I didn't even think of what age I was, but I definitely turned, um, you know, I, I had celebrated a birthday while being yelled at. I mean, it is what it is. So anyway, so a couple of weeks in, I'm already placed in the leadership position. And again, when I went into the role or when I went into it, I just went in solely saying that I wanted something. I knew I had to serve and I knew this was also an opportunity to pay for my schooling, but there just wasn't questions that I thought to ask. I wasn't thinking about leadership. I wasn't thinking about management. I wasn't thinking about anything. Yes, you heard rumors. And I think there was a rumor. Yeah, there was a room that I heard prior to from people that you meet in MEPS because MEPS is like the medical process that you have to go as well to make sure that you're medically qualified to go in. So from people I met there, we all like stayed in like this hotel type of situation, went there, took our test to ensure that we were um, medically fit. That's where all the rumors and all that started. And there was a rumor that tall girls got picked for leadership positions and I happened to be tall. And I'm like, whatever, that's not really, that's just an urban myth. Well, lo and behold, I got chosen. It might have not had anything to do with my height. Maybe I exuded something, but I was chosen to lead. So here I am in this leadership position, not expecting it, very shy, very much an introvert. I was just trying to get through this basic training. It was already crazy from the day I got there where, you know, I ended up having to strip naked, go take a shower with some random 49 other girls I never met being yelled at. And it was just nuts. So I'm like leading, like I'm just trying to like get through this experience, right? (laughs) but it happened. And um, I learned a very key lesson there. And that's not the first lesson I want to share, but I might as well. A, one of the biggest things that 
a lot of people lack to do it, especially if you have maybe a child, um, a teenager, or maybe you're a leader, emerging leader, or whatever level, level you're in. Sometimes we go into positions and we don't know what to expect. We don't even think about, okay, what, what comes with this role? Um, one of the things that I've recognized that when you go on a job interview and they ask you, hey, do you have any questions for us? Ha- like really ask those questions, really review those job ads and really look at what they're asking of you and then ask them, okay, what what kind of areas or what's your pain point? What is your expectation of me? Because sometimes we go into things not re- really knowing what to expect. And of course, you can't plan everything out. You don't know exactly what's going to happen with everything, but we need to start going into roles and positions and really asking if we, especially if we're working with someone, hey, what is your expectation of me? What, what Let's map out and let's talk about what you need from me. What can make this area or this job successful? What is, what will make you happy (laughs) that you hired me? Like ask those type of questions because sometimes again, we get into things and we don't realize what the expectation is, but I, I didn't have an expectation. So of course I told you guys maybe in a few podcasts before that I got fired. Why? Because again, I was not for confrontation. I just wanted to do everything for everyone and hope that if I fix everything for everyone, I can fly under the radar. But the more and more that the work got more demanding and I got more tired, getting up early and fixing everybody's problems wasn't something that I was able to do. And it showed clearly because my MTI fired me. But I learned a key lesson in that time, not only not knowing what the expectations are, but also making sure that, again, that... I went into it developing other people. And that's not one of the five I wanna give you today. But again, some of us have not fully prepared for these roles. And sometimes, yes, you're gonna have to go through your first job or your first leadership experience to build on skills and identify your weak points. But again, if there's any way that you can start developing early, ask questions, make sure you have a mentor, that's going to benefit you so much. But of course, when you have teenagers or you have somebody in their young 20s or 30s, or I want 30 is a little too old, but I think you should have some basic information. But you have like young, young, um, you know, the younger generation that are going into these into these roles, they will probably have to learn through going through their first job and going through this first process. And I definitely learned a lot of lessons from watching the person take over that first role. So, but that was, that was the journey. Again, it wasn't anything profound. I joined solely because I wanted education benefits, but there were so many other benefits that I got from doing that. And essentially when I got to technical training, because once you have been indoctrinated to the Air Force culture, which is like the first phase, let's get you kind of like, get your mindset right, allow you to recognize this is what the Air Force lifestyle is. This is the expectation. Once you get through that, and now we can get you through technical training, which I think is a great way that a lot of companies and organizations can prepare individuals for leadership and management or prepare individuals that come to their organization. Let's, let's get you embedded and understand the company culture, our expectations. And then once you do that and you're really under, you have that good understanding of what we're about, and the values and so on. Now let's get you into your work work center and now you can start working, um, understanding the technical side of it. So I think that's a great benefit for a lot of organizations to do. If you're a CEO listening out there, yes, you might think that this is just a story of me joining the military, but there's so many different lessons that you can learn on that journey. So that, that was, that was that first phase. My first phase was, you know, when I joined, I joined for benefits, for education benefits, but then I ended up being faced 
faced with so many other reasons um, or so many other things that I just did not expect. So anyway, once I graduated basic training and um, technical school, I had my second opportunity to lead. I ended up being a green rope. You're pretty much saying, hey, I want to lead and kind of be the face of um, leadership here. Like at at the, I won't say at the lowest level, but pretty much you are there for training, but now you're taking on a leadership role and saying that, well, when I, I'm going to conduct myself in a certain way and make sure that the rules and regulations of this training facility are upheld. So you put like a little green rope around your, you know, around your um, uniform. So people know that, okay, this is a green rope coming around it. Yes. Sometimes when people see you, they get a little nervous because pretty much we're making sure that they're up to par, but I was a cool green rope. I wasn't about getting you in trouble. I've always been the kind of person about transformational leadership, helping and guiding you. Like if you're doing something really out of pocket, I'm going to say something to you. But essentially, I'm really about, hey, so, you know, pull you to the side. Let's have a conversation. Fix it. And I don't have to tell anyone. So that was a great opportunity for me to become a leader again and really develop. And even in that lesson, in that season there, again, this isn't even a part of the five, but I'm just I'm just going in at this point. You might as well say it's seven lessons at this point, but I ran into a big lesson there because that was the first time I had to, I had to manage being friends with a group of people and leading them at the same time. And for that, that was an awakening for me because, you know, we would go and hang out, might go to the club here and there, but I also decided to take on this leadership role and represent like what the training facility was all about, meaning me getting in trouble was a no-no. You're in a leadership role. I can't be going out there acting a fool. Me not wearing my uniform a certain way. Me not excelling in my classes. It was like a whole nother ball game. So I had to conduct myself a total different way. And although, again, I was the cool green rope, I also recognized that I didn't want to end up losing that opportunity because of, you know, because I couldn't juggle both. Well, unfortunately, I ran into a situation where some people I was hanging out with one one evening, like we would hang out in each other's dorms. So it was a big dorm room, like a college campus type dorms. We had about, I think at that one, we had two floors. So I stayed on the second floor. We were hanging out downstairs on the first floor. And it was just a group of us hanging out with in the girl dorms because they're boy dorms and girls dorm. We don't go in each other's dorms. That's a no-no. But anyway... So just hanging out in there and one of the girls was out the window talking to, I guess, one of the guys out there and come to find out she had asked him and wanted to sneak him in the dorm. Well, as I was seeing this play out, I was like, I am not going to snitch, right? Because again, I'm trying to be the cool green rope. I'm not going to tell, but let me go ahead, distance myself and walk out in case y'all do something that is going to get me caught up. So I excuse myself. I'm like, I don't want any parts of it, right? I'm going to let y'all know. Y'all, ain't, y'all know y'all are supposed to be doing this. I don't know what's about to happen, but I'm just going to leave. Well, unfortunately, they got caught. Somebody, and I guess he ended up sneaking in the window and then someone told and someone, someone snitched on them and was like, Hey, we saw a guy sneaking in the dorm. Well, unfortunately guilty by association. Oh, who was in there? Well, Airman Thomas was in there, blah, blah, blah. And here I am now being pulled in by my leadership because literally when that happens, they shut down the entire dorm. And listen, y'all, these girls had the boy because, well, I won't say the girls. Well, no, it was the girls because what happens is that we had shared bathrooms. So pretty much if we go into the bathroom, there's a door leading into the other person's, um, into that other person's room. So there were some people who knew where he was hiding. So we had these big wall lockers Well, he was hiding inside of it. So 
all of the leadership came in. So you had all the green ropes. Then the next tier was the yellow rope. So the yellow ropes is over the green ropes. And then you had the red rope. The red rope was like the head honcho. So I, I, I kind of knew who it was, but they had everybody lined up. They were going back and forth, trying to search for the boy. And I'm like, they're like, you know anything? No. And at that time, they didn't say I had anything to do with it. But essentially, they ended up finding the boy in the wall locker. Um, but unfortunately, someone said that, oh, I think uh, Airman Thomas was in the room and I was called in. I temporarily got my green rope taken from me for some time. And I remember having a conversation with my homegirls and they're like, what's happening? And I'm like, well, they took away my green rope because they heard that I might have knew about it. And the blessing about that time, I had such a great group of girls. They were like, listen, if we're asked anything about it, we'll say you have nothing to do with it, which I didn't. And I kind of might have known what was going on, kind of, y'all, just a little bit. But essentially, I really didn't have anything to do with it, okay? But again, that was one of those situations where I did kind of know what, I didn't know what was going on. I ain't going to say I kind of, I knew what was going on. But I was in a situation where I was trying to still tippy-toe between leadership and being one of the homies. And again, that was another lesson that I had to learn about, okay, when you are in this situation and you're in a leadership role and you decide to be the face of leadership, you have to conduct yourself in a totally different way. You can't walk the same line as everybody else. It's not a wide road. It's really narrow. You have to really go about it knowing that the expectation of you is going to be different. So yes, there are going to be some friendships you might have to walk away from. I'm blessed that I had friends and homegirls that were willing to say, listen, we got your back. We're not even going to say you had anything to do with it. They were very understanding and they respected my position and they made sure that I was never in a situation where I got in trouble. The funny thing is we were very competitive in class. We were about getting grades. We used to have study groups. So I was around a very great group of girls. But just imagine if I was around another group and they're like, well, it is what it is. Yeah, she was in there. So you never know what kind of circles you have, but you have to constantly assess it because there might be seasons and times where you have to disconnect from that group. Now, I did end up getting my green rope back because, again, they didn't have any evidence. (laughs) They didn't have any evidence. And, you know, it was great to have to be able to get that back. I was also a black rope, so I did a lot of drills and ceremonies. So it was a great experience, but that taught me such a great lesson. You can't tippy toe between the two. You have to, if you decide to go down this path of leadership, you have to recognize the expectation of you is going to be different. And that might require you to shift the circles that you're in. All right. So those are some two bonus tips because I wasn't even going to go there. I was going to go straight to the different ranks I had. But anyway, Don't go anywhere. Stay right here for the other half of this message. That'll be back to you in one second. Leaders need constant developing. It might be on the personal side of development or the professional side, but essentially the work that you do on yourself will benefit how you show up as a leader in the home as well as within the workplace. Check out these testimonials from some clients I've worked with in the past and make sure you book your session soon. They want to continue on this journey because it has been very beneficial for me. Um, Like I said, I'm not the same person. I don't feel like I'm the same person I was five weeks ago. How I fit your strategic goal. And they're like, wow, that makes sense. Yeah, that does. I mean, I'll... I, I'm glad. I'm glad you got me here because that's that's good. So, feel so it was accurate. Like, what what's your feedback? I think it was definitely accurate. Thank you so oh, much. Right. This was fantastic. You're welcome. You're welcome. And you have period. Like, how do you feel now? 
I do want to be successful in my business. Um, I need to work on me. I'm like, I'm happy right now. I am. I'm, That's this is good. good. So what are you waiting for? Schedule your session today. So when I first joined the Air Force, I was an A1C. That's an E3. So once I graduated, went to my first training organization, one of the first lessons I learned there were leaders are mentors. Leaders are also mentors. You have an opportunity to provide mentorship to the people that you support. So when I got to my first training unit, I had a supervisor there. And unfortunately, I think she might have been used to working by herself because she just gave me tasks to do and just left me in a warehouse because I was doing supply technician. I was a supply technician initially um, and we worked for a civil engineering organization and we had a warehouse down away from everyone and I would just be stuck there all day. No computer. I well, that was, you know, this was before computers was popping like that, but I didn't really have access to anything. So I felt at some point, I just felt like I was wasting my time when I was showing up there every day because it was totally different from the training environment. I loved it. I excelled. I was always getting great grades. I was always doing, you know, things to, I was just always active. And now I was being, I was stagnant there. And I felt like I wasn't really being utilized or as I assess it now, I wasn't. But as being a, you know, a young girl, I just was like, I'm wasting my time. And unfortunately that, that mindset that I had started to affect how I was showing up. I started not really, you can tell that I wasn't motivated. The great thing is Although my direct leadership wasn't mentoring me and, and guiding me because she noticed that there were some issues. There was just, but she was, she was bringing other people around me to say, hey, y'all need to talk to her. I was getting bickered at, yelled at, or getting paperwork. It was never, ever a sit-down conversation like, okay, Airman Thomas, what's going on? What's the problem? And of course, I, did, I probably was intimidated to communicate with her as well, but I got this kind of attitude with her because... It was kind of like she was just so disgusted with my behavior that she didn't even want to talk to me. But I did have other leaders within that organization that did take to me and they were like, listen, Aisha, you need to do this. You need to do that. Who tried to mentor me through this process. And although I had a season where I had to get in a lot of trouble, I had to get reprimanded a few times. I'm grateful for them because their voice and their guidance, I think, had a lot to do with me deciding when I did decide to really shape up. Like, I'm glad they did that because they mentored me. They gave me guidance. There was even a time where she reached out to my recruiter, which was he was a really cool guy who essentially reached out to me and was like, what's going on? I hear that you're having issues. And he tried to mentor me. But all those people had a big part to play in me deciding that, you know what, I need to do better. And I think that as leaders, we have to realize that we are mentors as well, especially if you have a lot of emerging leaders. Think about it. I just transitioned from this training training scenario right into the, what they call the operational air force. So now I'm going from a training facility. Now I'm in the work center and I needed some handholding. I needed some guidance. I needed to learn how to communicate. I needed to learn to hear, hey, young girl, you need to get refocused. I needed that in that season and I wasn't getting that. So remember, when you are a leader, you have to realize that you have an opportunity to mentor those emerging leaders, help people, give them the tools and the guidance that you probably wanted and needed when you were at their age or when you first started. And now you can give them the tools and the strategies they need so they can shape up, hopefully. Hopefully, because essentially it was up to me to, to, to get it together.
But remember, leaders are also mentors. So are you doing your part to make sure you're there to mentor and guide those brand new leaders, those individuals that might need some support in certain areas because maybe they just don't know or maybe they don't even aren't aware or even notice that they need that support. So remember, leaders are mentors. The next lesson. So when I got to E4, that is a senior airman in the Air Force. The lesson I learned in this season is take control of your career. Take control of your career. And the reason why I said that is because the next supervisor I had wasn't better. (laughs) It was like the same behavior, but it was like times two. She was fed up with me. I was fed up with her. And I was really hoping that I would get the guidance I needed to know, okay, what I need to promote, what I need to do to, you know, whatever it is that I wanted to attain. But I didn't get that. I didn't even realize that. I I learned about what I needed to do through maybe other people that were getting promoted or other people that were doing things. And sometimes you want your leader to be able to provide you the tools and or your organization that you work for to provide you with the tools or whatever to provide you with the tools you need in order for you to have a good professional career, business career. But the reality is you have to realize that you have control. You are essentially have to take the actions to navigate how your professional career is going to look like. And again, I know there might be some CEOs and some leaders that are listening. So regardless of what you have control of how your future is going to look like, and even as an E4, I realized that I cannot sit around and wait for people to give me all the tools I needed. So I started to seek it. And thank goodness, I ended up getting the exposure I needed to start to see other people moving around and moving about. And I'm like, I started to ask questions. Oh, this is what you need. That's what you need. Oh, man, I could have been promoted a, a year ago. But and of course, essentially, the promotion was going to be up to my leadership either way. But at least I would have known what I needed. But realize that you need to take control of your career, your goals, your quarter. We're in Q4 now. What are you doing to make sure you take control? Too many of us are waiting for handouts. We're waiting for people to do things for us. And yes, that's nice. We want that. But you have the opportunity to invest in a coach, invest in a program, Google, go to YouTube University like a lot of people do, and just try and take the steps necessary to take control because you're not always going to be in a situation to know or be pointed in the right direction. But I do want to challenge leaders out there that if you don't have an employee development plan, go to my website, download it. I have it on my website. Aishathomas.org is a big banner, employee development worksheet or checklist. I mean, or if you are someone that just wants to download it for yourself, download it so you can know, okay, this is what I need to be asking when I have a sit down with my leader, or this is what I need to be thinking about as I'm navigating in my business. But if you're a leader out there, if there's any way that you can help your team members, help them navigate their careers, help them navigate where they're going next to map that out. Because as a military member, the blessing is we have a resource that tells us all the tools we need in order for us to get to the next rank. We know exactly what we need from the leadership school to our skill level and everything that's mapped out across the board. I just didn't know where to go find it, but it's mapped out for us. So how many of you guys out there have something mapped out to help your team members? But essentially, if you don't have that, take control of your own career, do the search, ask the questions so you can navigate your life and your professional career in the direction you want. The next thing is as an E5 I learned that leadership is uncomfortable. It is. And at E5, which is a staff sergeant, that's when you really start getting into a leadership position a little bit more, that mid-level management. 
And in this season, I'm starting to, again, lead my friends again, trying to tiptoe between the two. But I'm not tippy-toeing between the two. I learned my lesson that last time. But now my friend is tippy-toeing the two. I had, I had a friend, a couple friends that I had led a few times that were, couldn't separate friendship with work. And I'm like, listen, we're homies, but in the workplace, I need you to make me look good and I'm going to make you look good. But, you know, it was always like, we friends. No, I get we are. But in this space, let's keep it professional. So just imagine having to navigate a friendship that you, someone that you care about, but you're also like, okay, I can't, I can't, I can't, you know, give you too much passes because essentially we have to make sure we maintain professionalism. Also, this was a season where I had to start dealing with a lot more conflict and having a lot more uncomfortable conversations I didn't have to do that before. Now I'm having to like let people know, hey, you need to step it up. Hey, you might get paperwork. Hey, I need you to do this. And that was the uncomfortable season. But they always say uncomfortability equals growth. So I and I had to do it. I was now in a leadership machine. When you join the military, I mean, essentially, as you're moving up in rank, if you're deciding to move from rank to rank, it means more leadership school. It means being in more leadership roles, leading other people. It just it's a part of it. So it's going to be uncomfortable. So in this season, wherever you are at in leadership, at every level that you're going to, you're going to be stretched a little bit more. It's going to be uncomfortable because now you might be tapping into areas that you never thought you had to tap in before. But the benefit of it is going to make you better and prepare you for the next season. By me being able to have those uncomfortable conversation at E5 and E6, that prepared me for E7. And now as an E7, the things that I experienced between that that was uncomfortable now was preparing me for E8. Thank you, God for even having that opportunity. But all that stuff led me to it. It prepared me for it. And although I might've sat in a rank for a little bit, uh, although I sat in those issues for a little bit, made mistakes, again, it was in preparation. So leadership is going to be uncomfortable. It's going to stretch you. But again, continue to tap into the mentors, to the guidance, to the support you need to help you continue to grow, to prepare you for the next level because every season is preparing you for the next season of leadership. So leadership is uncomfortable, but it will stretch you and make you better. The next thing is lead for your team. It's not about you. It's not even about the organization. It is. That's one major part of it. But if you are responsible for a team, you have to be able to understand that it's not solely about you, that organization. You have to make sure that you're leading for your team. This was another season where I had to, I had to had another gut check that I thought I was the bomb.com leader. I started to lead a different generation. I, or I grew up in a time where the military was really strict about do as you say, do as I say, not as I do, just shut up and do it. Shut up in color, as they say. But now I was dealing with a team that was more emotional. They were more about interaction. I was an introvert. They were more about, you know, community. Let's go to lunch together. That wasn't a big deal to me. But they needed that from me. So me showing up, going into my little bubble working, that was not good enough for them. They wanted to know me from a different level. I assumed that when I made jokes, they understood what, how I made it or why I made it. Because like, oh, they know me. No, they did not. They, did, they actually didn't think some of my jokes were funny. I would say jokes and I might joke and say, well, you better go do it or you'll get in trouble. They really believed me. I was joking. But I thought they knew me, but they didn't know me. And I get it as leaders. Sometimes we're like, we don't have to get that close to our teams and we don't. However, 
Employee engagement is super important. You have to understand your team, their needs. There might be some team members that need to have a conversation with you. There are going to be some team members that need to connect with you. They might be some, your team might want to have lunch every month. That is okay. You can still keep that balance, which we should, but we need to ensure that our team is a well-oiled machine, that you guys are working as a collective. So it's not solely about what you want, the organization. What are you going to do to make sure your team is inspired and motivated by you? And that's going to require you to lead for your team, not solely about yourself. So I learned that as an E6. Again, another uncomfortable season, but it was a, a rude awakening when I hosted my own roast. And I was told that, listen, we don't like your jokes. We think you mean. We think this. We think you taking advantage of your fitness time. I'm like, what? Taking advantage of my fitness? I mean, all that. And again, if I would have taken time to get to know my team members a little bit, maybe it wouldn't have ended up like that. But I needed that season in order for me to be a better leader the next season. All right. So let's move on to E7, a master sergeant, which is the rank I'm currently in. Um, And in this season, I learned that leading, I need to lead considering the big picture, the people, the process and the vision. The PPV process is what I call it. In this season, as, I, as I'm preparing to move on to E8, a senior master sergeant, you start to be exposed to now you're at like that executive tier of leadership. You start to see the big picture of things, the decisions you're making and the rooms that you're in, they're making big picture decisions. Hey, if we make this decision, it's going to affect an entire organization. It might be for some people, their roles, it might affect the entire Air Force Because again, you're in that role where you're in these rooms and you're making big decisions. Hey, we need your input. We're about to change this whole policy. What do you think? And you have to consider the three tiers. And I just did a YouTube video about it. This is a part of my employee retention series where I talked about decision making and your um, order of thought and how you make decisions. But you have to do the PPV process, people, process, and vision. You have to consider the people. How is my decision going to affect the people? Then you have to consider the process. What is it going to take? What are the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten steps that is going to take for, in order for me to, to resolve this issue, remedy this problem? And then you also always have to think about the vision. By remedying this, the solution, how can it benefit the organization, the team, the entire org? Like, how is it going to benefit things two, three, four, five, ten years from now? It's so much bigger. The decisions you make are so much bigger and it, it, it can affect change for so many people. But a lot of us go in maybe making decisions, thinking about the people and solely that. And we don't think about the process. And, but we need to think about the process because that will tie into how long it's going to take us for us to reach that vision, that goal. So this was the season where I really needed to understand that while also still working on being a team player, employee engagement, connected with my team, working with my team, addressing hurdles. But I already had experience in that. But now it's like, okay, Aisha, now my nickname is Big Picture. It's so funny that they call me Big Picture now. So they'd be like, okay, I always, because I always use that line in when I'm, when I'm, excuse me, when I'm answering a question, I'll say, well, Big Picture If you do this, have you considered how it's going to affect this? But the reason why I can speak to that now is because I was exposed to it. I was blessed to have leaders who gave me opportunities to be in these um, interim roles 
and I was able to be in spaces where I had to sit in rooms with higher leadership and, you know, CEO level executives and so on and and people in the C-suite. And although it's the military, it's similar to being in C-suite rooms where I had to have uncomfortable conversations or answer to certain things. And it just allowed me to see things from a different perspective. So this is the season where I understood the big picture or understood how my decisions affect the big picture. So now as I prepare for E8, now I can go into those rooms really thinking about things from a different perspective. So those were the lessons that I learned. You know, you I was going to give you guys five, but you got those bonus two stories and examples. And I hope that information really helped because, again, for me, um, this this 17 years has been transformational. These past two years have been transformational, but every year I'm learning new things. God is opening up new doors. And I'm really excited because now I'm transitioning and we'll be relocating to a new base. Um, I'll be moving on to another rank. And I'm just grateful to see what lesson that I can be able to bring to you guys at year 18, year 19, and year 20. Because there's always, always a lesson you can learn in every season in your leadership. You just have to open your eyes, open your heart to learn it. You have to be always remember. You have to always remember that there's always an opportunity to grow, to develop, to become better, and that requires you to constantly, constantly, constantly seek leadership development. I always tell all my all my um, my lies and on the episodes I do that individuals don't typically quit the organization; they typically quit the leader, and that's so true. So, what are you going to do to step out as a leader? What are you going to do to become better? And what are you going to do to ensure that you are implementing these processes to ensure that you are becoming a better leader? So remember, leaders are also mentors. Are you a mentor? You are in control of your life and your career. Take control. And then if you have the opportunity to help point people in the right direction, do that. Leadership is uncomfortable. Lead for your team. And remember, lead considering the big picture, the PPV process. Always consider how does this impact the people? What processes do I need to implement or what process is it going to take in order for us to get to the big picture, the vision and make sure all that all those things align before you go into making decisions. So those are my leadership lessons for every rank. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you guys reach out to me, info at AishaThomas.org. Follow me on social media and check out that series. Everybody needs leadership development. The employee retention series. And I hope to see you guys this Thursday on our live Q&A. You guys be blessed and I will see you guys next week. I got you. It's coming. Are you ready to ignite the fire? We are Speak Fire. Oh, and by the way, that's fire with a Y. What's going on, everyone? Internal fire. Student fire. Young fire. Father's fire. Leadership fire. Champion fire. (laughs) (laughs) unlocking the fire within thank you all for tuning in let's grow speak fire speakfire.com speak fire with a y we have a new episode that comes out every monday at 4 a.m are you going to be up with us deuces i want to shout out all my faithful listeners for tuning in every week and don't forget to follow me on social media at Miss Aisha Speaks on all platforms. That's M-S-A-I-S-H-A Speaks. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Turn your notifications on and leave a comment if this podcast has blessed you in any kind of way. I thank you for all your support. Many blessings to you.